Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Everybody and welcome back to another Forza Italian football podcast. We have a full house this week for the first time in God knows how long. I'm back in the host seat, Connor Clancy, joined by my friend Vito Doria. Vito, say hello. Hello, Connor. I'm also joined by my friend Ewan Burns. Ewan, say hello. Hello, everybody. Kev's here too. Guys, we had a good <laughs> weekend of Serie A. It was stretched out over the three. Now nah, go on, Kev. Do you want to? Do you want to say hi? Oh, hello, everybody. That's it. That's all you're getting now. Well, you started picking on me before we started recording, and I don't really know what I did to deserve it. It's more like it's more than they could hear on the preview pod, apparently. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's more than a person on the preview pod. Don't know what happened there because everything was good on not only our end but other people that i spoke to so that was a, a little bit of a strange technical thing but hopefully they can hear you this time yeah 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 because they're probably listening i don't i don't i don't want to say user error but um, sometimes it's user error sorry sorry graham but yeah we'll, let's let's move on shall we um it was a good weekend without being an overly remarkable weekend. Kev, you were on the preview pod with me, and whether or not people were able to hear that, we kind of said that it was probably going to be a pretty unremarkable weekend, given the fixtures that we had. The fixtures that we pointed to as being potentially interesting, well, they went the way that we thought they would, in that Juventus beat Torino, like I was hoping Torino would win. Atalanta beat Sassuolo, and then Lazio Udinese was a scoreless draw. Those are the three we went into depth on. But let's go through all of the results, shall we? Empoli beat Monza 1-0 on Saturday afternoon. Kev, we chatted a little bit about that on the preview pod as well. Torino lost 1-0 to Juventus that evening in the Derby della Mole. Then Atalanta beat Sassuolo 2-1 in a really good game in Bergamo on Saturday night as they celebrated their 115th anniversary quite a nice occasion. Sunday kicked off with Inter beating Serenitana 2-0 at the Miazza. Lazio played out a scoreless draw with Udinese. Spezia Cremonese finished 2-2. Napoli, well, they're always full of goals. They beat Bologna 3-2, a little bit closer than most people would have expected. Sandro Tonali was Milan's hero again against Hellas Verona. They won 2-1 late on at the Bentegodi. And then on Monday night, Roma beat Samp 1-0 and Lecce Fiorentina finished 1-1. Where should we start this week, guys? Because it's quite a difficult one. Usually, if there's a derby, we go there. But, I mean, it wasn't great. I think we should probably start there first anyway. Ewan, you did the report for us on this one. You had to sit through this one for us. You weren't too pleased about having to sit through it for us. But can you please pretend? Give us some life. Give us some energy to talk about the derby de la Mole. 
nothing happened. Well, that's not very there helpful was... for a podcast, you. <laughs> There was no events to speak of apart from the goal. And even the goal itself wasn't anything particularly interesting. Um, it was, uh, I mean, it was good instinctive play from Vlavic, if we're going to really give him some credit. Can I just, um, you know, we're here to do a podcast to like sell Italian football, to get I people know, to read but, our content. But it's, it's Juve Torino. <laughs> Torino have got their part to play in this as well, because while it's, you know, obviously we hate Juve for what they keep doing. Torino are equally as uninteresting to watch, but I'll let Vito have a rant instead of me. <laughs> I'm probably going to be a bit more generous than you and though. I've got to say that uh, Torino were probably lucky not to lose by more because Vanya Milinkovic-Savic probably had one of the best games of his career. He made a few top-quality saves. One in particular was from Locatelli where the ball took a bounce and he did also make another save from his uh, Serbian teammate uh, Vlahovic. So... Uh, it's quite surprising that he played that kind of game because against Napoli, his positioning was very poor. So I thought he was at fault for that defeat there. But here, he probably prevented a more embarrassing scoreline in the derby. As for the Granata themselves, the only notable chance I can think of was when uh, Lazaro scored, I mean, took a shot from a tight angle. Then uh, Szczesny had to cover his near post. But... Uh, yeah, it was quite underwhelming from the Granata, and uh, I think it shows that yeah, they're really having issues with an out-and-out striker because Sanabria just hasn't been it, and Urich play with a false nine. So it's a bit disappointing that uh, Torino could not put Juve under more pressure because Juve, despite the chances that they created and the pressure they put on Milinkovic-Savic, you could say that out of all times... Uh, this year was there for the taking because it has been a poor start for La Vecchia Signora so far. That's the approach we took into the preview as well, Kev, right? That this is the chance that Torino have to beat Juventus. You could have argued that Torino might have been even seen as favourites by some people ahead of this because Juventus have just been that bad. But Torino have had this problem this season, right? They create more chances than they put away, obviously, but the difference in those two figures is quite stark on occasion. And both Juve and Torino had more or less 15 shots in this game. Torino only managed two on target to Juventus' eight. So it's another case of them not necessarily struggling to get into positions, but struggling to make those positions count. Yeah, well, I think the the shot count can always be a little bit misleading until you factor in what was on target. Anybody watching the um, the highlights would have, you know, because Vito's already pointed out Milinkovic's performance they would have thought this was you know Juve at their best because nothing down the other end was worthwhile of sort of showing on the highlights package for Torino and I imagine plenty of those because I only got to 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 catch the highlights I imagine plenty of those that they didn't show were shots from distance that have probably flown high wide and probably even further I noticed in this game that Vlavic to me looked extremely frustrated and he does often look frustrated while he plays. Yeah, he's, play, extent, he's playing for Allegri's Juve. That's the thing. I, I think I can just picture a world where if things don't change at that club within the relatively near future, he does get to a point where he thinks, do you know what, there's only so much I could do here. Because I know he's not been banging them in hugely in recent weeks, but generally speaking, the amount of goals he scores does outweigh the creativity in the team. And you look at a team like, Real Madrid, you can imagine a world where they would come knocking for a player like that. Sorry, the they've, got, they've got the Ballon d'Or. 
Yeah, yeah but there's going to be a time, like a year he, down the line. It's, he's it, old. It, <laughs> that's the thing. He's an old man. Um, and, you know, obviously, Haaland is the one they wanted and or Mbappe. Both those seem difficult to do. You can just imagine a world where Flavich gets his head turned, basically, and they will lose a player who I think could easily have been their centrepiece for a long time because he, he looks pissed off at the moment. I don't even know if it will necessarily be a, a, a European big hitter that has to come in for him. If you think of the money they're going to lose because they're not qualifying for the Champions League, he, you know, at his age, he might be the only saleable asset, particularly if they need to get rid of him you know, quickly, um, just so he doesn't lose any more value. Because as soon as they start nosediving, there are lots of financially su- you know, superior teams in the Premier League, probably even down to mid-table, that could give them an offer that, that Juventus might not be able to... To withstand if, if he does, um, he goes to Forest. <laughs> he could go to Forest, yeah. They'll play too soon, guys. I'm still not over <laughs> it. I was talking about it this evening. Let's not do that. But on Vlahovic, he, j- he goes to Bayern, doesn't he? That That is the next step. We've already seen that path tread by I've forgotten his name, Matthias de Ligt. and Koeman, right? and who else have they yeah, had? Uh, but... from oh, what's the other chap? Sorry, another tricky winger, uh, Douglas Costa. Douglas which Goldstone. way did he go in? I can't even remember which direction. I think he went, went both, didn't he? Oh, I think he went and he came back. He's been a million times. Um, but like Vlahovic cannot stay at Juventus if they're not going to be in the Champions League. I think it's it's criminal for him to be there now and not have these chances created for him because he's he's shown on occasion when he gets a chance, he's likely to put it in the net or at least turn it on target. He's an excellent striker and. I think you're right. I don't know why he would stick around there for too much longer. But while he's there, Vito, he's scoring goals. And if Juventus do get into the top four with Pogba coming back now, the stories today are that he's going to be ready for the World Cup. Chiesa has been training with the under-17 team as well. So with these guys coming back, maybe Juventus's style will change a little bit. If this season's been anything to go by... Uh, the times in which Juve have been a bit more proactive have been when they actually have some, you know, world-class players on the pitch. Whenever Di Maria is fit, he's shown that he can uh, inspire this Juve team. So if Pogba and Chiesa, they can uh, achieve uh, some sort of game fitness and contribute to the game, then then that might help them a lot because I don't think Allegri can improve this team tactically. I think he's got to rely on those players like Di Maria, Pogba and Chiesa to produce the best form and carry the team and in turn give Vlahovic the supply that he deserves. All the noise around Pogba, you know, all this, it's, it's France, it's World Cup, it's World Cup, it's World Cup, it's France. If he comes back before the World Cup, I can see him doing more damage to them because extremely talented. When he's on it, he's on it. More but damage to that. Just because I can just see him sauntering about. To everything's a training session for him for a little for a little while because he's 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 clearly focused on the World Cup more than more than Juventus. What out of interest? What is more damage in this context? Because well, they've won two um, of their last five. You know, let's say they they go winless for five games with him. Um, you know, again, strolling about. And, and he can do a lot of damage strolling about the midfield, you know, with his passing range and everything. But I just don't see them getting much out of him if he comes back before uh, before the, the World Cup. Mm, I think, yeah, I, I've got it in my head that 
him and literally the only shiny light for them, even slightly, is the whole Chiesa Pogba thing where they are two outstanding players when they're at it. Um, we know Chiesa can do it for them. Pogba, obviously, it remains to be seen. He's only just come back. But um, I, I think they will be better with those two players. I, I'm not sure that Allegri is going to get anything out of them that makes them rocket into the, the moon, as they say. Um, Who says that? No one know. says that. <laughs> I went to say up the table, and for some Rock reason, up the table the disappeared. So the next natural port of call was to the moon. I, I, <laughs> it's like I a crypto have, thing, isn't it? <laughs> all I can picture now is Ewing singing "Fly Me to the Moon" with a like, fedora, <laughs> sort of half tilted on his head. So, uh... <laughs> sorry, Vito. I think you wanted to speak. Then. <laughs> oh yeah. Now another thing I was going to say about Allegri is that even if he can't improve the overall quality of Juve's play. You'll probably have a simple strategy. Just make sure anyone just wins a corner. They take the corner and then they just make sure Pogba's outside of the penalty area to just score a banger. I think that's probably the simplest way to go about it. And then Pogba might just stroll around and open play as he pleases. As a Manchester United fan, I can tell you it is not that simple. It, it simply doesn't work like that. <laughs> as, as much as it feels it like it should under be. Conte. <laughs> It does yeah. was it was it was it the player delivering the ball to Pogba though? That's the thing. At Juve, he, no, didn't he have Pirlo ping in the corners? I'm, I'm just assuming some somehow you know Pirlo was is? taking corners. He probably wasn't. For, forget the teammates. Forget the team. Forget the environment. It's Allegri. Because I don't know if you remember when when Pogba was last at Juventus, there were all of these videos from the training ground where Allegri would challenge Pogba to say, "I bet you can't kick this ball into that goal." 50 yards away more times than I can. And Allegri would always beat him in these challenges. And we've seen something similar this time around. I think it was with Vlaovic, though, where they were trying to score from a corner and Allegri beat Vlaovic as well. So that's the motivation. It's Pogba wants to better Allegri and to prove Allegri wrong. So Pogba's going to do well at Juve, guys. If he's fit... He will do well. I've absolutely no doubts about it. Bernsey, you've lifted your microphone, which suggests you want to speak. Um, well, I, I don't. I didn't realize I did that, but I will anyway. He, ju- he just <laughs> I, breathed I, out. Well, if you've nothing to say, <laughs> no, I, and only that um, I still maintain, and I feel like Kev won't like this, but I still maintain that Pogba on song, which I know is a very rare thing, is one of the most fun and interesting players to watch in football. I think he, when he's at it, and you know, I haven't seen it very much in the six or seven years that he played for United, but when he is on song and he's got good players around him, which there are some at Juve, it doesn't feel like it, but there are some, um, he's seriously fun. And I think he adds something to the league. And that's why I want it I want it to work. You know, I do agree. You know, um, you know surprising maybe for you that I, I, I am a Pogba fan. But part, unless he's, when he's, when he's not wearing a United shirt, obviously. But, um, but uh, yeah, he's got he's got every attribute to sort of wow you. But he's just he, he, well, you know, the basket place club he's been at for a little while, and he's gone to another basket place club. So. I I don't think it's a surprise that you're a Pogba fan. I think Pogba's right up your street, Kev. But I, I will say, Frenzy, you were treading dangerously close to being Graham Souness there. You were berating him for his work at Manchester United, and I think he said at it twice. So I was just I was waiting for the accent to come in and for the. <laughs> He was about to go on to his haircuts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got blue in his hair. Oh, ridiculous. No, I like what? him. He's just put me through it in the last few years. <laughs> You've put him through it. 
And that's why he's not delivered. Napoli are <laughs> delivering, though. They're top of the league. They're scoring goals for fun. They're a little bit of a joke. Ten wins on the bounce across all competitions. And Vito, they are the most entertaining team in Italy at the moment. Totally agree with that sentiment. And Napoli-Bologna was easily the best game of the round. It was one of those games that Napoli probably should have won by a lot more than they did. And also, to some extent, you can even say they were a bit lucky not to concede one or two more. It was a, quite an open game. Napoli really looked like they were determined to dominate that clash. And, yeah, it's an important three points for them as well. Keep going with that winning momentum, especially with uh, Atalanta still pushing near the top. And uh, aside from conceding those goals to the Rosso Blue, they look like a team that does not have too many clear weaknesses, even though they were missing a few plays in this game. Uh, the players that started the game and, and the subs, they showed that they can make a difference. They can still play their football and the winning and winning in style. So there's plenty for the Partenal Pay fans and for Luciano Spalletti to be happy about at this stage. I know we want to give like loads of love to Napoli, but that, that opening Bologna goal... It was the pre-pass before the assist for Xerxes. It was that that stabbed, the way they stabbed it. I don't even know who it was because I only saw the highlights, but it was the way they stabbed the boys. It was, and put the perfect weight on it. That was lovely. That really was lovely. Cambiazzo got the assist. Yeah, so it was whoever, because he knocked it across the box. It was whoever gave, it was, it was defence splitting, but only about 12 yards. Xerxes getting a goal is quite interesting as well, given his stint at Parma. I know it, it came at a bit of a difficult time for anybody who joined Parma at that point because of the, the coaching. Um, it was Liverani, I think, and then Diversa came back and they were both a bit stinking. So I'm quite keen to see what he can do in Serie A. The fact that he was willing to return suggests that he saw enough while he was here to to think that he can do well here, but also that he quite likes being around not only Italy or Northern Italy, but specifically Emilia-Romagna. So I'm quite keen to see how he does. And we've seen with Mihailovic's dismissal that Arnautovic's, I mean, dictatorship appears to have come his, to an end. His with, influence has waned. Yeah. Like, I, was it on one of the Patreon pods where I spoke about what a local journalist in Bologna had told me about Arnautovic's influence on the dressing room there? Um, but basically, Arnautovic was picking the team. Nicolas Ansone was playing because Arnautovic liked what they did in training together. Um, but Muzabaro is so much more talented than anybody else. But only have an attack, and if he can strike up a bit of a partnership with Zirkze, that's quite promising. And it means that Marco Arnautovic, he was never going to already, but he's definitely not going to get thirteen goals this season. And Kev will be buying me another lunch, so I'm very much appreciative of Polonia second Mihailovic for that reason alone. Um, Napoli, though, they wore a kit. And I think it was a bloody good kit, Kev. It's their special Halloween kit. My only gripe is that they probably wore it a bit too early. What was it, the 15th of October when, when they put this on? No, they've worn it before. Did they wear it before? They wore it the week they released it, which is, is about it their two weeks October ago. kit then? Are they wearing it's it for the whole month? It's their Halloween kit, but they wore it the week after they um, released it, which was against Torino, 3-1 on match day eight. On match day eight? 
Yeah, match day eight, they wore their Halloween kit for the first time. So that's two weeks ago. So that was that was yes. September, I'm guessing. It is very it? nice. I, I, it's really nice with the black shorts. It's a belting kit, isn't it? And it I'm someone who kit. really likes Halloween, who kind of gets into a Halloween mood for the entirety of October. So when I saw Napoli lining up in that, I was like, yes. What's a Halloween that. mood? Right, <laughs> Did you so just God. dress as a goth and just sort of <laughs> smooch about the house feeling really miserable? I don't know what a Halloween mood is. I don't think goths necessarily do Halloween. But I... Basically, from like November until September, I won't bother with that much television or films. But in October... I'll just watch things that are a little bit scary, a little bit creepy, a little bit Halloween themed because I just like getting in that kind of mood at this time of the year. And then come first of, set, first of November, I won't even think about them until next October. Do you find yourself using the phrase spooky season? No, I'll, I I'll like judge the, you accordingly. I am inclined to use the adjective spooky, but never before the word season. So you find yourself okay. buying okay. like pumpkin seed lattes at coffee shops. Pumpkin seed lattes. That's the oldest thing you've ever said. <laughs> it, it's up there, isn't it? Pumpkin no. spice latte is what I think you're searching the for pumpkin there. Pumpkin seed yeah. latte. That's, that's, that's I, don't know. Know. I don't even um, like pumpkin. I think I've had one pumpkin spice latte in my life. I imagine it's horrific. I imagine it's <laughs> horrific. But, what, uh, what, I don't know what you want me to do with that. I, I don't... No. You're and right? you can't... More importantly, do you carve a pumpkin? I don't carve a pumpkin. No, I like. See, that's not. You see, you don't even get into the Halloween spirit then. But you're you're doing what you Brits love to do, and thinking that what happens in what happens in in England is the only type of Halloween that exists. The pumpkin thing's not a big not a big vibe here, Kev. Oh, they just bring out football shirts. (laughs) Should I buy it? Because it's a good one, isn't it? You shouldn't buy it and then watch a scary film in it. You shouldn't because of the cost and the environmental impact on the world. But uh, mm-hmm. yes, sorry, I'll be I'll be outed as my lefty socialist, as everybody you calls sh- me. You shouldn't, <laughs> but yes. So you've not actually no. answered that. Okay, do not, do not buy that Please. kit. Do not buy it. Please. No. If I see it for reduced under seventy euro, can I buy it? No, I wouldn't buy a kit for more than 40 euros these days. I think the price of them is shocking. If I see it for under 50 euro, can I buy it? Yes, I'll allow it. Thanks, Kevin. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> um, appreciate that. We're not playing top of the league and they're having a great all time. We will no doubt talk about them a little bit more. Second place. Also unbeaten this season, Ewan. Atalanta, 10 games in now. I don't think anybody saw a 10-game unbeaten run coming at the start of the season. And to beat Sassuolo at home, to celebrate their 115th anniversary, also in their own special limited edition kit. Um, This one I'll allow, though, Kev, because they always do the charity Christmas match. And this year they're being robbed of the Christmas match by the Qatar World Cup. So they they've just done it for their anniversary instead. So I think it's I think it's allowed. Um it was a big win and it was a little bit like old Atalanta Bernsey. Yeah, we're at a point now with them a bit a bit like with Napoli where it it's not doesn't feel like form anymore. It, it just they're just they're just good. <laughs> they're just better than we thought they were going to be. Um I'm honestly still quite baffled by just how much Adamola Lookman yeah. is just 
taken to it because um, for anyone who is only familiar with his work, mostly at Everton, um, you wouldn't expect <laughs> him to rock up at Atalanta and score multiple goals. I don't know if anyone's got the figure in their head, um, but he's done a fair few. And the way he took the winner in this game was absolutely, I mean, that was a confident finish and it was like the most violently top corner goal that you've ever seen. It was either his um, fourth or fifth, and he's got three assists as well. I think it was his fifth. Hmm. But I, I, I really want him to get more out of Jeremy Bogger because I think those two, because they, I feel like I don't, I feel like I keep not seeing them on the pitch at the same time, and I want them both to play at the same time because those two running in a counter attack seems like the most frightening thing in the world but Jeremy Bogger's not really up to much at the minute mm-hmm. so that's my that, that's their next target I think it's more just due to the formation Gasparini's using so he's been using 3-4-1-2 so I think I think to have both of them on the pitch I reckon he would have to switch to a 3-4-3 which would mean that either Malinovsky or Pasolich have to be benched and then you put yeah, Lukman Muriel or even when Zapata's back, put him in the middle and then Bogo on the right. And then maybe that way they can launch some dangerous counterattacks. But yeah, I think ultimately it's more of a systematic thing than yeah. uh, than the individuals available to Gasparini. I also think so, Bogo has been idea. largely rubbish when he's played. Like he <laughs> hasn't been good for Atalanta. He's had these moments. He got that goal in the... Europa League last year where he ran half the length of the pitch and then just smashed one in at the near post. But he's done like less than nothing most of the times he's been on the pitch. And Luckman's been the exact opposite of him. So I'm not too surprised that they've not been playing it. But I, I get what you mean because with Boga there is always that when he has the ball you think something fun's going to happen here. Yeah, but, it's very much an ideal will thing. What you just said, when you, that goal you just described, Luckman's got that in him as well. And I just think Let's have two of them. It'd be great fun. Yeah. I know, I know it's impractical, but I want to see both of them do it. I mean, it's not impractical in a Gasparini team, is it? We saw Gomez and mm. Ilicic, along with their other friends in attack for years, years, years to come. No, a few years. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I just I just don't see it. I think <laughs> that Bogaz probably going to be shipped out soon enough. After you were talking about the, the Halloween season and then... Ewan said that Boga and um, Lookman would be frightening in attack. No, I just, I'm just, I'm just looking forward to two weeks' time uh, on Halloween weekend when we can get a headline of a Boga man frightens <laughs> whoever Atalanta <laughs> are playing. So you can keep that in the, you can keep that in the drawer for when that happens on the. Oh, yeah, well, that's no, where this bit out, so it doesn't get stolen. We'll no, we'll keep that in the drawer, and it's not seeing the light of day. Boga man. Hey, I, I put something like Boga mo. Something rather. Welcome to Bogomo was uh, I thought was a better sort of you know, pre you know, when he signed when they announced him because um, they, they don't use well you know there <laughs> you go <laughs> that is woeful Kev you were giving me like a lot of um, gestures when I was talking about Atalanta special kit do you want to voice your discontent well yeah. <laughs> you obviously you did say it's a charity so I always feel a little I don't bit know if this I... one was but the Christmas one usually is. Oh, okay, good. Then I'll just go. Uh, 115 years is not an anniversary of any of any of any sort of. Note. Literally, is an anniversary. <laughs> well, it's, it's an anniversary, anniversary, but it's not an anniversary of. <laughs> it's not an anniversary of note. 
115 years. We, we had an 125-year kit, and I thought that was ridiculous. It's like, oh, just I'd rather them do a Halloween kit. I'd, I'd rather them do a Halloween kit so there's, there's, there's something notable about that sort of time of year than a 115-year kit. I'd love if they did a Halloween kit. I'd be buying that whatever the cost, Kev, and you wouldn't be able to talk me out of it. But... I can't remember what I was going to say, to be perfectly honest with you, but I was going to come back at you. Oh, all of these extra kits, right? Because they seem to have kicked off after the COVID pandemic. Do you reckon there's something in it that teams are just trying to get a little bit of extra money where they can, having lost money for two years? I don't know, because it will will depend very much on what contract they've got with the kit manufacturer, because some you'll get a percentage of sales, some you get an upfront fee and then you are contracted to wear certain kits or agree to so many kits coming out. So there's there's always been this thing about a big star goes to a club and all the sales of the shirts and they make a lot of how many of this particular player. You know, Ronaldo Juventus was a, a classic example. And actually the number of shirts sold don't change. It's just that they go from having Mandzukic on the back of a shirt to Ronaldo or Pogba on the back of a shirt to Ronaldo. So I, I don't think it actually does make enough enough revenue to justify the amount of kits. But then also there is a bit, you know, you've got to police yourself. Any any Napoli fan that was buying all, whatever it was, 11 kits last year. Kids. Yeah, that you know, then they're, they're, they're mad. They're mad to sort of spend that sort of money if they're buying them brand new um, on 14 kits. There's not enough days in the week to, to, to wear them. Is that how you make your decisions about clothes you buy? Well, when... A maximum of seven items of any... But, but when you're a child, like the, to justify the cost of a football shirt, which was a lot even back then, it was like your, your parent would go, well, are you going to wear it you know, at the park or when you're doing your football training and all this other stuff? You got a lot of wear and tear out of sports, whereas you're a child. But if you're a grown man and you're buying 14 Napoli shirts, when are you actually wearing them? <laughs> Collector's items, aren't they? I think a 14 is a ridiculous number. but That's, that's a dystopian sentence. You're a grown man buying 14 Napoli shirts. <laughs> that's awful. <laughs> Yeah. Now I'm I'm someone who buys kits and not always but often I'll buy them thinking I might never wear this but I just want to have it. And one day you'll be my age and you'll have a basement full of lots of stuff you bought when yeah. you were a little bit more affluent than you are when you've got mortgages and things and you'll think oh, Kev, now what do I do with them? Kev, I was born in 1993. I'm never getting a mortgage. <laughs> well, there is that I suppose. <laughs> Unless Come you sell on. all those shirts. You need, you need one of those shirts to sort of... <laughs> Maybe but... if Andrea Bellotti goes on to do mad things, I'll be able to sell mm. off one of the, the, the lovely Torino shirts I've got with his name on the back. Those shirts are your Bitcoin. <laughs> there you go. Exa- although I think I'm winning in this situation, am I? You are. They retain more value, I would probably imagine. Yeah, I would I would wager the same. Um. The champions, Kev, they went away to Verona and it didn't always look like they were going to get the three points, but they did. They were 1-0 up early on. Miguel Veloso scored an own goal. And then Milan scored. I mean, not Milan. Verona scored. And I don't really know who to credit it to because it was unclear. It's been given to Gunter. I'm not sure. But Sandro Tonali scored in the 81st minute to win it. And he just loves playing Verona. Yeah, it's, it's 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 really hard to judge 
sort of what to make of Milan because we, last season we were probably you know they were they were winning last minute or narrow games, but they were really sort of strong at the back, not conceding. You know that that the goal sort of just highlighted where they've got some absentees as well at the moment. I know Vito had a bit of a rant about Tatsuranu uh, online, and um, it, it, they just don't they don't they don't quite look at it. Um, I think I think Vito said the only thing he had going for him was uh, his height, <laughs> which I'm sure a few Milan fans would probably agree with. But it's I don't know that rather than you know you want to, you want as a as a Milan fan probably take the positives of sort of a, a late a late winner and coming back but they just look shaky all over and they've obviously had that those back to back defeats to Chelsea which is has put them in a perilous position in the Champions League and if I was a Milan fan I'd probably be looking forward to the World Cup break to try and sort of regroup and get some players back. Speaking about that tweet yeah that was a response to a Milan fan who did criticize Tatarusanu and I did mention on the pod last week with you and that uh, I was not a Tatarusanu fan by any stretch of the imagination I think he's that erratic of a goalkeeper they might as well give Antonio Mirante some playing time because I've rated Mirante more than I ever rated Tatarusanu that's for sure that's a big claim Sorry, got distracted. I just think he's. I I almost think the height is great for him in some senses, but sometimes you watch him and you think he genuinely cannot get down to to, to the corners. Like I think he's almost he's almost too tall. I I almost think the way he, the way he moves his body. I feel like if you're that tall, you have to you have to hold yourself in a different way, um, and he just. I just think he just looks almost too big. He's he's too ungainly when he's in goal. He's too big. Yeah. If it had any sense, he'd cut a bit off. Go on. Oh, I was waiting <laughs> to if he had any sense. I was I was rubbing my hands together <laughs> trying to predict what He'd crouch down slightly. Okay. Like on his knees. <laughs> Let him know next time I'm at the San Siro. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you. Burnsy says Get on your knees, mate. You'll have a better chance of it. <laughs> um, elsewhere, what happened? Well, I'll tell you what happened. Samp hosted Roma, Burnsy, and Roma won 1-0. Ugly, but three points. It's becoming a bit of a staple, isn't it? They, the I coach? Won the last... <laughs> I know, but it's not It's not what we were all clamouring for. I say all. It's not what I was clamouring for at the start of the season. Um, obviously... Dybala's out, so that's a chunk of creativity gone. But they, they do just you know, winning goals by winning games by one goal seems to be very much the order of the day for them. Um, I think they've won the last three away from home now in the league. Um, they have had quite a few injuries to contend with as well. Um, I, I think because they've not had anyone who's had, apart from Zaniolo earlier in the season, that, that I can't think of anyone who's had a massive injury. But there's been lots of little two weak ones mm. for plenty of players. Um, and I think he's had to... I don't know if you mentioned Wijnaldum, but we've got to mention Wijnaldum. Well, yeah, that, that almost felt like a special case because it was before he'd even kicked a ball. So, <laughs> but I think he said in an interview, didn't he, 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 I think essentially moaning about the injuries, I think Mourinho basically said that, you know, Wijnaldum was supposed to be like the key player in, mm. in midfield. Like we're meant to have a key player right now. But... Um, Maddie Camera seems to have stepped up. He he looks quite fun. He's very all action in midfield, and I feel like he 
he will try anything. I feel like at some point this season, he could just as easily hit one top bins as he could play a through ball for the, an opposition attacker <laughs> to just <laughs> run through. Um, but yeah, I mean, Vito, what did you think of that? Because it's just a bit depressing again, isn't it? For you, from, for you anyway. <laughs> mm, very disappointing once again. Although Sump dominated the possession count 59% to 41, it doesn't look like a lot has changed. The only thing that really stands out is that Stankovic has changed the formation, but that's about all. Next week, Sampdoria play Cremonese, and then if both teams end up playing a draw, I think both sets of fans should just go throw rotten tomatoes at the players because they're the only teams without a win this season. <laughs> there's there's one thing about Samp that I want to talk about when it comes to this game, and I'm sorry it's not Dejan Stankovic's appointment, it's not the new coach, it's that uh-huh. Massimo Ferrero decided that it would be a good idea to go back to Marassi for this game. <laughs> now, I don't know why he thought this would be a good idea. I didn't realise his house arrest had been lifted, so I assumed he might have been breaking it when he was at the stadium going to a very public place. He's not the most intelligent of people, so it wouldn't come as a great shock, but apparently it was lifted or some of the restrictions were lifted at least. Um, But he left at halftime because the Sam fans took exception to him being there. Vito, do you want to talk about this? Uh, I I saw some of the footage, but uh, just from the comments I could gather, was not... uh a well-timed visit whatsoever, and even the audacity to go there, oh, that's just baffling to say the least. Uh, some Doria fans know that Ferrero is a diehard Roma fan, so to be fair, even though London's the interim president, unfortunately Ferrero is still the owner, and uh, being an avid Roma supporter, I think he wanted to see his hometown team, but... Uh, the go backlash to, proved to, to be too much. To watch them. Like, there's one stadium that he shouldn't go to, and it's it's Marassi. Oh, for him, yeah. Forget it. Ridiculous carry-on from an absolutely ridiculous man. And I've got to be honest, I did laugh a lot when I saw him leaving at halftime because it was only about five minutes before the break that I realised he was even at the game. So it was quite an amusing series of events there. But... Inter beat Salernitana 2-0. Kev, just business as you would expect it to be at the Miazza. Yeah, it looked it. Although they took quite a while to get the second. Um, I think the way Inter have been since the start of the season, um, people would have been a little concerned that Salernitana might have sort of nicked something at the end. But, you know, both really nicely taken goals. Lautaro from the edge of the box sort of just smacked one in. And, and actually, they were put under pressure because... Um, Anana actually made a couple of saves throughout the game before they, they got that second goal through Barella. So, um, yeah, it looks routine on paper, but there's still a little bit of work for them to get up to sort of full speed. Um, they'll do that probably two weeks before the World Cup and then we'll pause and then they'll come back and they'll stutter after the World Cup again. And that's that seventh. It, it looks like they're going to they're gonna have a fight on with the other teams that are, are flying at the moment. You and Onana has to be their first choice just all of the time, doesn't he? I, th- I think he is now. Um, so because it was Handanovic was doing all of the league games and Onana was doing the Champions League games, but then Onana started against Sassuolo and then he also started four. this game, and he started the 
Barcelona game in between. Mm. So that that feels fairly definitive that uh, you'd assume Handanovic will do Copa Italia games when it gets to their point. Um, but yeah, it does seem that that incredibly long reigning goal has genuinely come to an end. It would take, I'd assume, a massive error from Onana in order for that to get switched back, which, to be fair, with Inter, you'd, you'd never quite rule that out. That would be really box office, actually. If, if he if he dropped one, <laughs> then they have to put Andanovic back in again. Um, that'd I mean, be very they let Andanovic away with a couple, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, that's kind, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. He's he's such an old goalkeeper. Because generally speaking, I still think he, he, he's good. But like, you can just so quickly go to such a, a different extreme that you just never know where you stand with the guy. Yeah, he's he's got the ability to age by about 10 years in the space of a week <laughs> and then go back 10 years the following yeah. week. He's, he's very, very unusual. The other games, we'll move through them very, very quickly as we have been in the last couple as well. Lazio, Udinese, scoreless. A bit of a surprise. We had Alistair McKenzie at that one, so go to Twitter and find the links to things there for that. Um, Lecce, Fiorentina finished on Monday night. 1-1 again. Dropped points for Fiorentina again. And you and I'll stick with you because I know you edited Tom Underhill's article about Fiorentina today or yesterday or the day before. I can't remember. It's been a long weekend <laughs> and it's all just mushed in together. But Fiorentina are stuttering in, in Serie A this season. Yeah, and tying in with this game, one of the main things he picked out was that their record against the bigger teams in the league is actually quite good. Um, but it's it's the teams that they really should be beating, i.e. Lecce, who they're just not, they just can't seem to kill anyone off. Um, and it just all looks a bit disjointed, and you know, a one-all draw away at Lecce is a perfect example of that. Basically, would both Dusan Vlahovic and obviously Fiorentina have been happier if he had stayed there for another six months, eighteen months, twelve months? Fiorentina uh, would. Very hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they, I think they'd certainly be more happy, but I, I, I don't think. Do you not think Vlahovic would be having a better time at Fiorentina than he is at Juve? I mean, generally speaking, he's still scoring a good amount of goals at Juve um, yeah, on, on a personal level. You um, play on that team if you're a striker. Yeah, I mean, he, like we talked about before with the Pogba and Chiesa thing, he, he's got to be, that's got to be in his head of like as if there is a sort of light at the end of the tunnel kind of feeling of I'm going to get better service from midfield and have a much better winger with me as well. I think if, if I were him, that'd be my mindset, at least for the time being. Fair enough. Spezia Cromanese 2-2. An, an underrated or an, an unexpected surprise there. Like it was goal filled, but three of the goals came in the first 22 minutes. But Charles Pickle, he got his first goal of the season. And I celebrated <laughs> this one as though Atalanta had just scored a goal. You and we obviously went big on Charles Pickle in the summer. Serie has best name now. Serie has best named goal scorer. Like it's the best name in European football, isn't it? Yeah, I'd say so. I definitely didn't also forget that he was there. Say it. <laughs> Who? Who are you talking about? I'm talking about Charles Pickle. Good. Of course. <laughs> Pickle, as I imagine he likes to be called. But that, there'll be none of that around here. Um, I refuse to, to pronounce that correctly if, if it is Pickle. Charles Pickle. <laughs> it's great. It's great. I'm never going to get tired of it. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful name. 
And How does he spell it, actually? It's is it, pick is it as you'd expect pickle. it to be, but then E-L. As though an yeah, American person so. tried to spell pickle. Um, <laughs> I know it was a joke. Not a very good one. But the <laughs> last game, I believe, Empoli Monza. The Connor Clancy Agro Derby. Right. We went through this on the preview pod, Kev. We went through this on the preview pod. See, even hate... the mention of their names gets him angry. Mm. I don't hate either of these clubs. One of them plays in a in a dump and it's difficult to get to. And yeah, the well, other's president's a cunt. So <laughs> I told you on the preview pod my ideal situation would be an Empoli win here. I got my ideal situation, didn't I? You did, yeah. Um, Great enthusiasm. You sound like Burns yeah. again. <laughs> well, there was nothing Nothing really happened. Um, Nicholas Pass scored, I think, his first Serie A goal. That's nice. It was almost as if the British blackout uh, for oh. games between three o'clock was made for Empley Monza. <laughs> <laughs> so, nobody, so nobody could watch it. Yeah, very, very fair point. I wasn't watching this one either. I was watching the, the Milan Derby in Serie A Femminile and that was a much better choice. Let me tell you, that was a belting game. Um, that'll do, I think. Burnsy on Serie A Femminile. Are we going to talk about that tonight? Well, I suppose we ought to. Are you all right? What's got, what's gone wrong with you today? <laughs> I'm not in my usual office setting. I'm all thrown off. Well, listeners, I'll let you know that every time we do the women's football podcast, we're a lot more excited. And every single time without fail, Burnsy says, this is the one we actually like doing. Now, <laughs> if if we'd, if you just heard that bit, you wouldn't believe the other bit to be true. But yeah, we are going to talk about it. Inter beat Milan 4-0. Ewan, in, in the, the Derby della Madonina, the first of the season. Inter are still top of the league. Listeners, if you do fancy a little bit of women's football in your life, do head over to patreon.com slash football where we do a weekly women's football podcast. And obviously on the website, we're doing a lot of coverage as well. The other results there were pretty unremarkable. The big shock being Como beating Parma 4-1. Parma now look like they might be in a little bit of trouble at the bottom of the table which we didn't quite expect. But that's for the patrons, and it's not for you guys. So do sign up, 2, 5, or 10 euro a month. You take your pick, and all of your support is very much appreciated. That'll do it. Kev, say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. You in better form now than you were before we started recording? Uh, I was in good form. Eh, good lad. Vito, say goodbye. Goodbye. Burnsy. Bye-bye. You did well there. Patrons will speak. Not patrons. Normal people will speak to you soon. Patrons will speak to you even sooner. Bye-bye.